What's happening, weirdos? This is the return of Gary Goleman, his third time on the show. And by far, it's my favorite appearance of his. He is one of the best stand-up comedians to ever do it. He's also one of the best writers in the world, and he's written an incredible book called Misfit, which is available now. I'm currently reading it. It is heartfelt, it is insightful, and it is deeply, deeply funny. It's as funny as his stand-up, which is an incredible achievement. So reading it is kind of like having a personal Gary Gullman stand-up show in your living room. So check it out. It's incredible, honestly. Misfit by Gary Gullman. Uh, I have a couple things. I... (laughs) I have a couple things to pluck up top, too. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to be at Largo in Los Angeles this month on Saturday, October 14th. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. I'm also going to be in Salt Lake City. After that, uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Those will all be on PeteHolmes.com. Hope to see people out. Thanks to everybody who came out in Raleigh. Raleigh? Am I saying that correctly? Raleigh. Uh, So tour dates are all at PeteHolmes.com. And you guys know I only do ads for products that I actually use and actually love. And I actually was just writing, actually. A lot of actuallys. Actually, I was just writing, and I was rocking my latest Pete's pick, Run, Don't Walk to This One. This app is brought to us by our friends at Brain FM. So I was sitting down to write, to work. And how am I going to cue my brain that it's time to sink in, to settle in, and get in that flow state? Well, turns out music is a huge, huge part of that. And Brain FM has been how I get that into my daily creative routine for years now. And I'm so happy to be partnering, partnering with them. Every morning I sit at that computer behind me, I throw on these headphones, hit focus on Brain FM, on the app. I hit focus, I hit creative flow, lo-fi is my favorite genre, and boom, I'm in the pocket and ready to work, create, and focus. Without this specially designed, lyricless, flow state, scientifically dialed in music, I find it so much harder to complete tasks. I procrastinate. I have a hard time meeting deadlines. But with Brain FM, I'm signaling to my brain literally that it is time to get things done and it works. What is it? On the surface, Brain FM seems like an app that gives you the perfect background music for creative work, study, reading, meditation, relaxation, and sleep. And that's true. But it's incredible music. It is to work, read, meditate to. But under the surface, it is so much more than that. Brain FM's composers work hard to create amazing sounding music that doesn't distract and uses their patented audio technology to boost your mental states on demand. Audio signals get your brain dialed in. It's incredible. Brain FM's scientists and composers add patterns to their music that change the patterns in your brain, creating increased blood flow and electrical activity in your brain and increasing focus in as little as five minutes. Regular music is designed to be distracting, so you're constantly being interrupted, having to skip songs that are pulling you out of that flow, but not with Brain FM. Stop, stop the skipping. Brain FM has a wide variety of sounds and genres from natural soundscapes to lo-fi electronic music to get you in that zone almost immediately without having to pick the perfect playlist. It takes no thought. I never skip songs. I love them all. They help me dial in, and it's science-backed. Brain FM actually has the scientific research to back up their claims through close collaboration with neuroscientists and a wide array of field experiments and testing. But even better, their music is made by not made by computers. 
Instead, multi-instrumentalist composers. That way the soundscapes on Brain FM still have the warmth of real people. So give it a try. It's a huge part of my routine, has been for years. Great way to support your brain and support the show. Go to brain.fm slash weird to get 30% off one year of Brain FM and start getting more done with less effort and unlock your best self on demand. Experience the difference that the right music can make in your life. Brain.fm slash weird. Support the show. Support your noodle. Also, I, for years, years, decades, never washed my hair. Hate shampoo. I hate looking like a bale of hay that just got out of the dryer. Crispy, hard to control, horrible looking hair. So I just didn't wash it until Kat, my hairdresser, she was like, Pete, this is disgusting. You need to wash your hair. Yuck. I was with her. I know. I just didn't know a better way. Thankfully, Modern Mammals has come to the rescue. It's the only shampoo that's like a non-shampoo that somehow cleans your hair. So the comb goes right through it, super clean, but leaves it perfect. It's not going to frizzle it. It's not going to fry it. You're not going to have to wear a hat for three days or hope no one takes your picture. You get a perfect hair day on demand. It has structure. It still has some of its natural moisture. It doesn't dry it out and it stays in place and looks incredible, giving your hair that wave, that flow that I am looking for. After a wash, it looks like how my hair used to look if I wash it with regular shampoo and waited four or five days. But now I can have a perfect hair day just whenever I want on command. Now my hair regimen is the opposite of what it used to be. I used to not wash it when I wanted to have a good hair day. Now I use it, modern mammals, when I want to have a good hair day. So over 40,000 guys have switched to this instead of traditional shampoo. You got to see the reviews for this product. They're insane. Guys don't get this excited about anything, but literally it's blowing people's minds, including mine. And once you use it, you are hooked for life. I'm hooked for life. I'm never going back. I travel with it. I love it. It's in every bathroom. You can't go back to regular shampoo after this. And it's a small punk rock company that I love. They're grassroots. These were just guys that were fed up with shampoo, frying your hair, and set out to actually create new products to wash your hair with, new shampoo alternatives specifically for guys. And they have bars if you want the no plastic, no fragrance feel, or bottles. It's like a magic gray mud that I love the feeling and the smell of that gets your hair perfect every single time. Six seconds away to perfect hair. No joke. I love it. I use it. Modernmammals.com slash weird where weirdos can get a special combo deal and try both products, the bar and the bottle for 44 bucks. The bar, by the way, lasts a really, really long time. So this is a good Good, good deal. Modernmammals.com slash weird. Support your hair. Support this show. All right, everybody. Let's get into Gary Goleman. He's incredible. Get into it. It's like 1997. Wow. I go to the Comedy Connection. Not there anymore. Faneuil no, Hall. Faneuil Hall. Run by a scary man named Joey. Yeah. Who scared, it's scary to me. I was a sweetheart. Right. I didn't know what club got, and he was sometimes nice, but that's what yeah. made it kind of oddly familiar. Was yeah, sometimes he was very yeah. sweet, and sometimes it'd be like kind of gruff. Yeah, because I called too much. Sure, I did. Yeah, but I he was too much. But he was. A, I was the same. Spots. I was the same way, but but I was a little bit further along in my. You were a lot further along. Yeah. I had yet to do it. Oh wow! And I was going to a club. But you were club. calling, even though you had not done it. I was doing the open mic probably okay. after I saw you, though. Okay, because for real. Like I know you believe this. Why would I make this? I've told this is probably this is your third time on the show. I bet this is the third time I've told you this on the air. 
But I, you know, Billy Burr was on the show. Uh-huh. Fucking murdered. Sure. But I didn't, the, the punchline of the story I'm sort of ruining. I, I wasn't like I can do it watching Bill. Not talent-wise, but yeah. just like when I saw you, I was like, oh oh like you can come up with that you don't have to be that hard yeah you don't have to be hard because dude growing up in boston yeah i thought comedy was like and this guy's over here yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. whopping and it's jizzing jay it's jizzing (laughs) and i'm slipping in it i'm slipping it then the oh the fucking chairman of the board walks in he's got a mustache i know it's fake because he got it down in alston and i'm just like that's what comedy was screaming at the thanksgiving giving table yeah. and like um lenny clack i'm not putting lenny clack down i'm just saying that is what comedy was from yeah. what i could tell if i wanted to make my dad laugh i had to be like lenny clark and i didn't feel like that yeah and then i saw you that's interesting there was also this vibe and i think it was a remnant of the the what do you call it? The influence of guys like Barry Crimmins, Bobcat, Stephen Wright, and the what, what is called the Ding Ho Crew, which was this Chinese food <laughs> restaurant Ho that and and yeah. and Jimmy Tingle that that sort of like the, with the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. Theirs was first be original. Don't sound like any of these yeah. guys and so that was good to know and also the fact that everybody sounded like you just described so perfectly <laughs> it was easy to be different yeah so all i had to do was well i don't have anything about being arrested for drunk driving right, right. i don't have anything that's it ab- about hating my wife and using a, a, a voice that makes yeah. her sound like a a, <laughs> a a lunatic so i can dude you're I helping can, i can stand out yes yeah, Look, I'm not and, that putting... was, and that was important, and it would allow you to get more work than than the person who was just doing a an impression of somebody who was doing an impression of somebody from the previous generation. I mean, you see that in yeah. New York a lot. There are a handful of templates. The Atel, the Atel, the Atel or Patrice, right? The Patrice gaggle, where yeah. they where they use a lot of the similar mannerisms and cadence, and yeah. and it's just uh, Chris Gethard pointed out. He said there are photos copy of a photocopy yeah. of the of these people. and you ever yeah. been at the table at the cellar and you're like there's only two guys here <laughs> <laughs> but here's look let's smell our own farts let's enjoy it it was a handicap it was it was i don't know if you can say that i'm not trying to be cute i'm saying right it, it set you back initially 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 if you were fucking me, Nate Bargatze, you, I'm not saying, you know, I, I can be dirty and stuff. I'm, it's sure. not just that. It was like going for this sort of other yeah. way. Yeah. And that was yeah. sort of strange. It was, a, it was difficult because the audiences were conditioned yeah. to enjoy that speed and that loudness yeah. and, and those takes. I I still find it, if I'm performing at the comedy cellar, it, it often feels like a road room. They're not there to see me, so I'm going on there, and they're assuming that everything I say is sarcastic and cynical, and so it, it it's just very it's just very fr- frustrating. Yes. So I'll, I'll, yes. a lot of my takes are well, I love this thing. You're being earnest. And th- I'm being earnest, and they laugh because they think I'm I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. And, You're about and, to say in, yeah. in one way or another, what are you gay? Is, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> totally. I, I don't I don't totally. like saying that. I'm just no, saying that's that, what they're waiting. That was my for. high school motto. 
what are you gay? Yeah, uh, our our high school yearbook. The motto was, and it sounds much nicer in Latin, but the the motto was, "What are you gay?" That. <laughs> First of all, part of me believes you. You're, of course you're joking, but part joking. of me thinks that a very persuasive yearbook committee, yeah. Mr. Capesa, come on! <laughs> it's for us! It's our catchphrase! It's our catchphrase! You wouldn't ask Arnold not to say what you're talking about, Willis. Don't ask us not to say what, what are you, you gay? gay. Okay, I'm going to give you real life example. R-L-E. Okay. It worked. I wasn't Boy, sure. do we love a good, a good acronym. acronym. <laughs> oh my gosh. B-D-W-L-A-G-A. <laughs> Boy, do we love a good acronym. I'm a little foggy because I was just on the road, but here's the example. Okay. I come out. It's a standard thing I do. I'm doing the uh, helium, and all the helium rooms are the same. Very well built. Yeah. The front row is really close. Yes. So I usually open. And they're always snacking on hard pretzels. It seems like, or or the equipment. You're my just, only friend. You're oh, my only oh, really? friend. I'm the only one that goes. Is popcorn the treat for the movies? Should we be giving these fucks? Yeah. Big bags of feed. <laughs> yeah. Just dry sheep feed. And did you turn a, a knob like hamster food for that <laughs> shit? Just eating dry crust. And I just saw it because I was on the road. I saw the Equalizer 3 kid. I saw it alone. I actually fucking loved it. I thought it was great. It's a great I, franchise. Trilogy. Let's hope it's not a trilogy because they better right, make right, Anton right, right. make a fourth baby. Denzi's still got it. Denzi's still Denzi. got it. Denzi's oh, still I love got my, it. That, that, that would be a, a person who works at the sub shop. I love my Denzi. I love Denzi. You know I love my it's Denzi. It's like saying my stories. Yeah. I love my stories. Yeah. I love my martini. Yeah. I have one martini yeah, yeah. a day. And I love my Denzi's. You know Denzi's can do yeah. no wrong with oh me. Oh, my gosh. So anyway. Denzi and Aerosmith. <laughs> Dude, you know I'm so kind of like PTSD'd from growing up in Boston that I sort of am dismissive of Aerosmith just on principle. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I, you immediately I, understand. No, because I, I ignored most of the glam metal scene. I ignored Rush because they were so popular. And Rush isn't glam metal, but they were yeah. in that era. I ignored them because they were so popular with kids who teased and bullied me. Yes. So I, I said, well, I'm not embracing that there's their, a, their shit, and I missed out. But now I'm really enjoying it. No, you got to circle back. Yeah. It's like religion. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go back and it's go so like, true. was there yeah. something there? Yes. Or was it just grown-ups with halitosis telling no. me I'm going to hell? No. Halitosis? It's <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely right. It was the it was the messenger yeah. who was fucking it up for That's us. right. And Aerosmith yeah. was good. Aerosmith is Aerosmith is excellent, but they have a lot of baggage because of the, wh what you're saying. I'm going to yeah. tell you something. You pointed out Ramdas on your way in. Yeah, I'm I'm on Maui, on Maui, like okay. on Long Island. Yeah, I'm on Maui for the Ramdas retreat. This is when he's alive. Oh wow! And there's an auction where they're selling Ramdas stuff uh, to support his medical bills and stuff. Oh wow! Uh, so there's like a harmonium, and you know what that is? It's like a yeah. like an accordion, Indian yeah. kind of instrument. Sure. Anyway, we're just kind of perusing. It's the last day. Who walks in but Steven Tyler? <gasps> He's just living on Maui. You know, they get the ringy. I saw Rick Rubin at this thing, too. So oh there are these like gosh. spiritual musician that's people good, that live. That's a good book on creativity, the Rick Rubin book. It is. Yeah. It frustrates me a little bit. You know why? Because it's so right. And it just, it shines too bright of a light on how I'm not pure. 
Oh, stop. It does. Nothing He's like, is pure. Just do it for its own sake, Nothing man. is Get in pure. there because you like it. You're, and you're, I'm going like, I need a closer that everyone will like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nothing is pure. We went into this to express ourselves, but also because the hours are great. But it was more... The hours are great. Can was, I tell you that set? It was more set, to express ourselves. The set that I saw you that changed my life. You, in the <laughs> middle of your set, in the middle of your 10 minutes, you looked at your watch. Gary Gullman, in uh-huh. his early 30s, maybe late 20s? Yeah, late 20s probably. Looks at his watch maybe. and says, has the gall, I say to camera one, <laughs> the gall. I was fucking enamored. You went, I'm uh, halfway through my work day. <laughs> Right now. Oh my you god. Said that and a young and a young me went like I <laughs> fucking somebody put Mentos in the Diet wow. Coke that was me. And I was like, Ooh, boy. Wow, I don't remember saying that. Yeah. But it's a pretty good it's a kind of cool thing for a twenty something to say. It now I'd be embarrassed, but No. Yeah. It was fucking incredible. Okay, wow. so where are we? Steven Tyler was there. Yeah. He sang he was, someone was playing the harmonium and he's saying, I'm trying to get us back to where we were yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But this is a free flowing It's a free exchange flow. of ideas. But let's stay on what we were saying because that set and watching Nate Bargatze too, dude, like I'm not saying we're all the same. I yeah. actually, I think people are missing the point if they go, those are clean comics. No. That's not that's the point. Not it. Thank you. Right? No. No. I understand that you could load their material into a machine and it would go, I didn't see one fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. not it. But that was also part of the idea. Everybody's saying fuck. They've already said fuck a million times. I'm not going to stand out by saying yeah. fuck harder, louder, yeah. or more frequently. So, That's right. Yeah. But that really, the not swearing was just like an add-on to the overall goal of just being unique. Yeah. Which is really cool. But believe it or not, I watched Nate blowing up, and I'm, I'm fucking so, I'm not just saying this, you have to say that. Right. So happy for him. Oh, sure. And I'm like, I remember when we were at the Boston Comedy Club, and Nate would get, and so would I. Now it sounds like I'm complimenting myself, but I'm just saying like Nate would go up and it would be sort of like uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> what? what yeah. is this? Are, like, yeah. if anyone thinks I'm talking shit, Nate would tell you the same. He's just oh, kind of yeah. like, I'm up there and my phone's not working. I can see the satellite. Like something that gets an applause when you get enough oh, of yeah, his yeah, fans yeah, yeah, together, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, good comedy people yeah. together. But it, at yeah. like one a.m. on a Thursday oh, yeah. at the Boston Comedy Club, yeah. Nate Bargatze's going like, "Hey, what's going on with my empires?" or whatever he's saying. Yeah. yeah. So it was this. Uh, what's another way to say a handicap? It was a. It was a impediment. Yeah. 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 I would have called you for that but word. I, but I think <laughs> Gary, I need a synonym for handicap. Uh, but I but I think that comedy is this weird thing that I can't think of another instance where Okay, so in baseball, you learn on a tee. They put the ball on the tee and you swing. And in the backyard, your father or mother throws it to you and is very careful. And you have a glove that fits your hand. Yeah. And then comedy, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And they put you in front of the most hostile, stingy, mean yeah. people. Tired. Tired. 
And you're number thirty-two. At yes, at best, are hoping a celebrity will show up. At worst, are waiting for their best friend to go on, and then they're gonna tune out. Yeah, and and you have to try and be yourself. Yeah, which is the the thing that takes the longest in comedy. Can I? You can kill for years before you're even yourself for a for a moment. I've been to most any place, (laughs) but I've never been to me. Wow, (laughs) have you heard that that song? song? That's some. I don't know what it's from. That's really good, but it's true. So you're supposed to go up and be. But the fucking craziest thing is that the advice. Let me ask you this: Does that trauma? Because let's name it. Let's call okay. it what it was. Yeah. Starting in comedy is lowercase t trauma. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say, just to hear what you say, it was familiar to me. Going up in front of drunk, rowdy, unpredictable people wow. felt a little like, you know, I'm at home with this. Like, you mean I have to turn around a bad family vacation in a Winnebago? Da, 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 That's da, da, da. so interesting. So, like, there, there was a compulsion to do it. To sort of rewrite the past, yeah. To sort of use the skills I had gained in keeping the peace in my family, sure. to like keep the peace out of like even with the club managers. Even I mentioned Joey yeah. and all the people that run ran the clubs. I was like, I can, I can right. win, win these very yeah. irregular, sure. unpredictable people yeah. over by being like a, hey, chief, like call him chief, right. <laughs> That's interesting. I I think Nothing? in a in a in a in a in a similar way, in a oh, similar. I didn't mean no laugh. I meant you don't oh. relate. In a no, I way. do relate in a similar way. In that I didn't feel like I had a lifetime of of experience in uh, mastering hostility or chaos. But what I did have was this desire to be paid attention to. Why? And because I was I was. I wouldn't say I was ignored growing up, but the the pecking order in in my home was anything that was on television, anyone that was calling on the phone to my mother, yeah, and then maybe me. Yeah, that I read that and in my, the book. There yeah, and a, my father only showed up on on Sundays, and and he gave me his undivided attention, and there was nothing I could say or do that he wasn't mesmerized by. But it was a it was a short amount of time, and also I was covering up this thing with my dad that I wasn't a good fighter like he was, mm. and so I was being I was being pushed around, and teased in school, even though I it turns out he. He had me repeat the first grade, which was was a small t trauma, but but definitely had an effect on my. What was it? On my, why? Why did he have you repeat it? Well, and this is sad that I'm still telling everybody this at at 53 years old. Can but I say I was I've in heard the top smaller. reading group? Nope. I was in the top reading group. Okay. You get both <laughs> <laughs> I was in the top reading group, and my father for sports reasons felt like i would have an advantage if i repeated the first grade but he tried to outlier you yeah remember outliers yes totally he tried to give me a january birthday and put me in the canadian hockey league (laughs) (laughs) if you've read outliers oh my gosh malcolm gladwell is the greatest journalist in 
taking cockamamie theories and ideas and turning them into beautiful prose. <laughs> None of his ideas holds up scientifically, including the thing where he says stand-up comedy is really easy and he could do it tomorrow. He said but, that? Yes. And that's why I'm going in on him. But his... I had him on the show. Had I known? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm. He has no respect for stand-up comedy. You show you footnote this comment. Where did he say it? I, I forget where it was, but it outraged me. And and yeah. I, I but but here's the thing. I couldn't take trends and and ideas and make them so readable. <laughs> like right. like he does. Yeah, no, he's, I'm still he's, mad. He's so. super talented, but I'm super mad about I didn't uh, want you about, to put yeah, the band-aid about on him just, yeah, keep coming. Yeah, about him denigrating <laughs> stand-up comedy. How how dare you? I'll say it, Malcolm, I love you, but just cuz we get laughs at 90 second why doing a Q&A. It's not the same. No. Come with me no. to fucking uh, the stress factory. Yeah, go up at the fat, <laughs> go up at the fat black pussy cat. Yes. on a Saturday late show after Chappelle. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, after Chappelle held the 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 uh, wait staff hostage for three and a yes, half hours and asked them the favorite breakfast cereals. Yeah, and yes. and a, and, a, and a hostage negotiator comes in and says, "Let the manager and the wait staff go." You can- Ch- Chappelle doesn't get the light. He gets the, uh, he gets a bullhorn yeah. from the FBI. <laughs> Dave, you do not have to leave, but these people have children and babysitters. <laughs> yes. That's funny. Yeah. That's the funny. two three train runs express from here to the Bronx can unless I, you let them go now. Can I tell you, and all respect to Chappelle, he used to come in and do a very, very long set. And I used to say to the manager at the boss, because I was hosting. Oh wow. Just when he let him leave the stage. Like I don't need to go back up no. and go, Dave Chappelle, no, everybody. I know, like he so needs that. I would be waiting. You know, obviously most of the time I watched and loved it. But, you know, 15th time, you're like, the F. F. I used to take the F train home. Oh, my word. Turns into the fucking D. And this isn't a time where old Petey's going, well, I'll just take a cab. Are you fucking nuts? That's the whole thing. Are you thing. nuts? So that we're now getting whole home whole thing. Yeah. That if I remember being so broken in New yeah. York City that if you... If you went in on the wrong side of a subway, you would think, "Oh, I can't afford the the maybe it was a dollar seventy five at the time to change sides of the train and go in again." I'm I'm going to have to negotiate with the person working in that box who made Oscar the Grouch <laughs> seem seem yes, uh, kind jovial. and loving. Yeah. Yes. Oh my word. Yes. I don't know why Oscar the Grouch was my go-to. I, I'm I've I, become Muppet obsessed lately. Can I say what's more New York? Like yeah. that's who it is. Yeah. The count. Can yeah. I say you brought up baseball? I'm not trying to be offensive. I have family members on the spectrum. I'm, I feel like I might be a little on the spectrum. Uh-huh. Is everyone who plays and watches baseball on the spectrum? It's just a question. <laughs> it's just a question. Wow. There's so much superstition. And like, you know yeah. what I mean? And there's secret shakes. Yeah. And there's but, stats, but also the and fans like the man, and the obsession I mean. with the stats and the and the, the people in my family they that love are into averages. It. Yes. And they're yeah. each one of them yeah. is the phantom manager of the team. And they'll tell you, like, well, we haven't had he hasn't batted third since that. I'm like, this is for the this superpower is a of... phenomenal idea that that <laughs> that that our buddy Malcolm Gladwell would, would He'd be all over it a, would turn into a, a, a let's a, take, a Kindle short I'm still 
taking Malcolm on but, the road. I'm if, still, I don't know if you've noticed. I, I want him to succeed. You understand? I want no, him to no, do well, but there's. Okay, so when I was a kid, there was batting average, number of home runs, and RBI. Yeah. And you would memorize all three, and you knew everything there was to know about baseball. And so it became a thing. This is I'm adding to your theory. It became yeah. a thing where people obsessed with the averages were, and numbers were really into it and attracted more and more people yes. on the spectrum yes. with, the, with, the, with the math. Look, if you hand out a book that you can fill yes. this up, you're printing out an Excel spreadsheet. This is a recreation. So the beer swilling guys and the yes. hot dog boys are hitting the bricks because this guy's willing yes. to pay a little bit more for the ticket. And he's like filling out a scorecard. And, and now, he's got a radio because he wants to. That's come on. And come now on. there are, I'm not exaggerating, 16 different categories that have numbers in them. One, and this is on the scoreboard while the guy is going through his 90 different obsessive compulsive moves with his batting gloves and his and his cap, right? And then, <laughs> yes, and this one is called number of pitches per at bat. Can you imagine wanting to count how Number. many balls? If that isn't an opportunity for a, a Dustin Hoffman impression in the yes. in Rain Man, yes. my word. Well, this is where it came from. First of all, I just rewatched Rain Man. I had never watched it. It still holds up, it's great. doesn't it? Yeah. Because it was Barry R. Levinson is something. Is that the director? Yeah. It was R. And uh, so my mom used to cover my face. Remember when he walks in on them having sex? My mom oh, would cover yes. my face and kick me oh, out because wow. they're swearing and stuff. I watched that movie and I relate hard to that movie. I love that. It's yeah. great. No, it's fantastic. It's also, can I give that movie the ultimate compliment? I'm watching it for the first time. I said I rewatch it. Really, I meant for the first time. Okay. I didn't know what I wanted to happen. When does that happen? Oh, that's interesting. When you're like, because yeah. you're like, is he going to give him yeah. possession or not? And you're yeah. sitting there going like, I don't know what I, that is the ultimate compliment. Yeah. If I stop you in the middle of a story and go, Gary, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what I want to happen. Yeah. You've done a great job building for, a world. For a 90s movie a to 90s have that kind of subtlety. death, to, death, yeah. yes. to have a, a ambivalence, perhaps multivalence. I'll even say multivalence. <laughs> but dude, that movie was addressing, again, family members on the spectrum. That There was a time, we used to call them idiot savants. I'm not trying to be sure. funny. It oh, was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a cruel yeah. and fucking weird time. Yeah. And it took movies and then like savant. savant, Savant, he's a, he's a savant, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's sad. That's like idiot understood, though. Yeah, 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 savant. <laughs> <laughs> savant. Remember <laughs> savant. We know what you're saying, but savant, yeah. is, savant is now a good thing. But like, that's why I feel okay in the baseball riff, because these these people that are doing oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, are, yeah. are genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm watching it. It, it was on a TV somewhere where Val and I were eating. And they were showing like the four pitches that had been thrown and the speed of them and where they went. And I was oh, like, yeah. this is just for Vulcans. Totally. Like if Vulcans were real, they'd be like, take me to your baseball stadium. Yeah. <laughs> they would fucking love it. Totally. Yeah. There are yeah, there are people who are baseball fans who have never picked up a glove or no bat, interest. have no interest in, in playing it. It's just looking at the inside just, of a clock. Yeah. They just <laughs> yeah. They they <laughs> if, it's either baseball or the inside of a clock, but I'm gonna stare at one of them. Because I need I need something to put all that. of this power on. That's onto. such a beautiful image, the inside of a clock. Is there anything better? Yeah. Can you believe we made clocks? How badly? Do you want to know that it's noon? Isn't it incredible? You're going to get tiny gears and I keep, springs. I keep reminding myself. <laughs> the sun's right there. 
<laughs> this guy's got to know it's noon. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't done with the riff. <laughs> but I but I keep reminding myself on the on the clock idea and there are a million things like this yeah. that if suddenly everybody lost the recipe for a clock, yeah. there is no way I would be able to contribute to it. I would say, well, there are a lot of these round things with with uh, sort of teeth, but they're not teeth. But they were called teeth, and and I oh forgot that there God. were springs. Springs. But there were springs, Can and I, I don't you know how you get from that collection of items to it's twelve oh five, buddy. And if you look at it, you're like, I would expect more. If I didn't know what the inside of a clock was, and you showed me the inside of a pocket watch, just that, you know, you're picturing <laughs> yeah. it perfectly. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, well, this keeps a man who doesn't have a heart alive. <laughs> and they're like, no, it tells no. him when it's time yeah. to eat lunch. Yeah, that's all it does. <laughs> that's all it does. And it is miraculous. And it took a man or a woman or a woman, the guy who, <laughs> the guy who takes a stand at the wrong times. They're like, that's not being an ally. No, it no. could have been a woman. <laughs> Fucking dumb. That's not what we asked Got, for. Gotcha, Pete. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, it had to be a man. Because it had teeth. There is something particularly masculine about clock making. Is it because it sounds like clock making? I don't know. No, it's because that guy, Cornelius. Cornelius? I think his name was on... on on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in the Land of Make-Believe. Didn't he? No, Daniel the oh, Tiger lived in a clock. No, no, no. Cornelius built Dan something. Daniel Tiger lived in a clock, yeah. Yeah. Because he's, an, he's a harbinger? Harbinger? Of death? Daniel Tiger kills us in the end. No, I didn't realize Yeah, that. you didn't know, because he's in the clock. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's like, so Father, when your time is up, Father it's, oh, he it's, was so it's Fred Rogers with a very... Clearly, oh. just Fred Rogers' voice going like, oh, he was so oh, goodbye. You go, this isn't so bad. One of my proudest <laughs> moments was being able to use a quote from Mr. Rogers as the epigraph to the to the book and it, and I'm pretty sure it's epigraph and not epigram but that little quote you get to put at the at the book like a closing the, quote the, the opening the epigraph oh, is usually the opening. opening and and it's just you write this whole book and then you get to kind of cheat by by putting a quote at the oh, beginning yeah. and as long as you footnote nobody complains buddy when you go from stand up to book as you just have the fact that like academia for example mm -hmm. is just stealing I'm not even saying this is a bad thing. You're just building on other oh, people's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Took them 17 years to find out that fruit flies go like this, and you go, <laughs> they go like this. But did you know that a bird will? And you, but you quote him, and, and yeah, you build yeah, on yeah. that, and you. Right. And nobody cares about ripping yeah. off because I wrote a semi-spiritual book. Nobody yeah. cares if you go like, well, that's this guy a, says this. That's a great book, but it's also a great memoir. Ah, in that spiritual I, memoir, I loved to see your particular odd relationship with your odd mother the the way that yeah. i had we were companions to our to our moms yeah. in, in different ways we were we Let, were we were the, the golden the, boys yeah the golden boys of single mothers yeah 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 and you know what i just had a moment with my mom talking about that i had a little dust up with my dad and then i called my mom and it like it reactivates that relationship. I was hoping in an appropriate way, but I like needed my mom to be yeah. like, it's okay. And I talked to her and she's like, it's okay. You know, I heard about you and your dad. <laughs> it's like time travel. Wow. Yeah. And then I said to her, cause I, I have given my mom a lot of grief on this podcast and to her and just kind of sure. teased same, her. Same here. Been like, mom, we should see other people, <laughs> like, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but um, in that relationship, it was very tender. And I was like, mom, I really think we, 
we just did what we needed to do. Like, yeah. I, I can't. Oh, that's really nice. I can't blame you. I understand. I was there. Yeah. I was like a sweet, you know what story? I'm going to load this to you. Then I want you to talk all about it. No. But my mom always tells this story that I was like eight years old. Uh-huh. And she says, she comes home. I come home from school. She goes, um, how was your day? And she's told the story a million times. And she, I go, it was good. How was your day? Oh. And I just sit there and I look at and like, that's exactly yeah. what my mom. So maybe this is me softening because I'm a parent now, but I'm like, can you blame her if it, if, if it right. did get a little too, yeah. whatever, codependent yeah. Or, yeah. or intertwined or whatever? Yeah. What do you got? Well, I think that it's very interesting to see how my mom has dealt with with me writing about her in the in the book so it's it's i i'm very lucky in that my wife is a really good interpreter of my mom's actions and witnesses things and is really insightful vows like that too yeah. rosetta stone she's like yeah. could it be this yes yeah. so my my wife has witnessed things and she's she's given me a lot of of insight into my mother and she loves my mother but she recognizes her her weaknesses and yeah. and they are they are countless but <laughs> and they are but, legion yeah but <laughs> So the the book comes out and I bring it over to her and and all along the way and it's and it's and my wife's my mother in law is is problematic in her own way but with regards to the book when I told her I had finished the book and showed her the book she said oh uh, she's a black woman so I, I she says we are blessed and and I we thought this is the I just nicest to try it. yeah this is the nicest thing that uh, a mother could say and i Wait, know in regards to the book and in regards to the book and i know my mother that? like like just the, the just, work has blessed us we're just blessed that with I, you that I, yeah that i have this opportunity and that mm. i i was able to express myself and that there's a physical uh artifact of yeah. of my ideas and my life and and she's a very religious woman and very, i mean Sade. The, by the way, is is not especially religious, but grew up in the black church, and so yeah. has a lot of the ideas. And and anyhow, I knew that was the best I was going to get from a mother figure because I knew my mother's reaction to the book would be entirely different. And I and and there's cultural things and there's age differences, but my mother. So we've got we are blessed from. Miss Jeannie, and then we have Barbara Goldman at 90 years old and not a reader and not a writer, and her immediate response to me handing the book was, who's the publisher? I, I, I... <laughs> I'm dead! I'm dead! There's a... There's a certain, I call it botism. There's a certain <laughs> thing that only, maybe other I places. I call it jurettes. Jurettes. Yeah, where a Jewish person will say the absolute I feel like that one's worst. not on my menu, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where <laughs> a Jewish person will say the absolute worst, undermining, negative, cynical <laughs> Your, so your mom Thanks. has so jurettes and botism. Jurettes and and botism, <laughs> and and my words. So she says, "Who's the publisher?" Then she starts examining the book, clearly looking for 
Typos? Her name. Oh, my God. Her name or my mother. Scanning for her name, how she's represented. She goes to the back to check the blurbs, only reads the names of the blurbers, not what they said about the book. I love in the intro where you go, there's a a group of you that bought this just based on the blurbs. A, (laughs) shame on you. (laughs) That you like that? I I, I love that. Whenever you try to be funny, it's always a a fingers crossed, oh, I hope this lands, right? Thank you. No, you're a fantastic writer. The book is Thank in, you. We're out of time anyway. So Misfit <laughs> is uh, no, I'm just it's such a weird feeling. Have I ever played the game with you when I sit at the at the comedy cellar with a bunch of comedians at the comedians table? Really, there's just two. And somebody, right. <laughs> but somebody will say something really funny and then I'll turn to what I pretend is the camera and say, we'll be right back. One of the best. One. Of, I don't know if we've done it. Oh, it's but, a lot uh, of Kurt, fun. Kurt. Blanket on his last name, but there's another comedian that I like doing that with. Tall Jehovah's Witness? No, T J W. <laughs> Kurt. He married Clint Eastwood's daughter. Oh wow. I met him at Dane Cook's Fourth of July party. And oh, when my. he did the podcast, we played up. We'll be right back. Let me bring it back to this though. And maybe Katie can find it. He did the podcast, and I'm pretty sure his name is Kurt. I'm gonna be embarrassed. Okay. I'm going to load this back to you. But he was at a July 4th party at Dane Cook's house. That must have been young. What well, young people? He no, he was old. Really? He was older than me still is. Interesting. <laughs> he um Gary's off the tour. Tor- Torgasm. <laughs> yeah. Gary's off the tour. He disappeared. Yeah. I don't know where he is. And I call oh you and you gosh. go, "I had a college." Yeah. For those of you that watch Torgasm, you're like, oh, fun Easter egg. Yeah, 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 yeah. But everyone else, yeah. what? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a story. Okay. Because I want to put it back to your mom and everything that happened. Okay. To relate, I was on Family Feud, and this actually ties into how Val interprets my, my father and my mother okay. for me. So I'm on Family Feud, uh, fam- celebrity fam- family, with my wife's family. <laughs> I was like, did I say family? Yeah. There's a moment where I made Steve Harvey laugh really, really, really hard. It's like this big moment. I was very proud of it. Of course. We didn't win, but like I was like, but we won. I, I made Steve like fall down like Black Church. It was yeah, incredible. That's incredible. It was a really nice moment. For that me. ain't easy. It wasn't easy. To make another comedian laugh. And it was real. And yeah. I loved it. And it was wonderful. So I call Are home. you going to tell what the joke was? Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the details exactly, okay. but it was named something that you wouldn't expect a candle to smell like, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And the woman said, I think she said, um, let's say she said green beans. Mm-hmm. The, the answer good is- Good answer, good answer. The answer, that's what you got to do. Yeah. The, an, the number one answer that they give her is like rotting fish. So I... They are really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think it's because it's celebrity right? feud oh, I see. that they're a little okay. more lenient, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But I, rightly, go on a little tear going, so any food, you say any food, you get the number one answer. And then I go, what if you just go, ah, 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 do you get the answer? And, and that's what makes <laughs> Steve collapse. You just go, ah, ah, number one answer, fresh, oh my gosh. fish. That... <laughs> Is fun. So he dies. It's a great moment. Yeah. Call home that weekend after it aired. And my dad goes, 
And God love him. This isn't, I'm not saying this with any bile. There's nothing nasty here. My dad's like, I saw a family feud, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect impression. Saw you on the TV blaring in the background. Oh, Anyone wow. else with parents that don't mute the TV for no, the phone my mother, call? My mother's television, I can, yep, she's watching TMZ right now. Blaring. Like, blaring. I, when I'm on the phone with them in the car, I put it on the minimum volumes because it's, it, it's just so hard. So I can yeah. only kind of hear their voice because yeah. the TV and yeah. the- That's how I did my homework through high school with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, blaring. You're making me want to puke right now. Ugh. No joke. That, yeah. make, that nauseates me. Yeah. Um, so my dad goes, I saw you on Family Food, Peter. And I'm like, yeah, well, that was fun. Like, I have to, I have to say the things. That was fun, right? Yeah, that yep. was good yeah. for the comment. Yeah. And he's like, that moment uh, where you uh, made the guy laugh, was that programmed? Oh, gosh. Wow. And I go, and I oh. know what he means, but I, I still want him to step oh. it out. I go, programmed? Yeah, like, did you, did you talk about it ahead of time? Oh, my gosh. that's He doesn't believe in you, Peter. <laughs> Peter, see, he doesn't believe in you. See, that's that's what I take. Yes. So I get a little tight. Because that's what he's saying. That, I hear you. Unintentionally, subconsciously, <laughs> he doesn't believe in you, that you were I, that quick, not sharp enough. And he, here's what I'd like to say <laughs> to, my, to my family from the stage. Do you know how easy this is for me? <laughs> Goodwill hunting? Goodwill hunting. This is nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Because I'm talented. Yeah. And just because you tried to convince me <laughs> otherwise for the first 53 years of my life. I'm dying. Oh my gosh. You're like, you're my protector. You know the part of your brain that protects you. Yeah. Just became Gary Goldman. Oh, good to and hear. you got real. You I need love that. It. So that's my flare I up. just hate seeing somebody else go through what was done to me. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I've, I've become fucking Holden Caulfield over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just caught me. You stopped me from running off the cliff in the rye. No, it's because these fucking people had no business raising kids. And they weren't that... My mother said something recently that everything became so clear, like this, like this uh, grail of Rosetta Stone, of, of how I became who I am. We went to see, my, my nephew had a child, we went to see the baby, and so it's my mother's great-grandchild, and I said, how about that? I said something, and I, I put together something, because she's always impressed by a little bit of, a little bit of sentimentality, so I said, <laughs> so I, I know my audience, so I said, how about that? Four generations, whatever horseshit I was, I was peddling with her, because I, I like to please her, and- I am and, relating hard to that. And she said, yeah, I'm not a baby person. Your mom said that? Yeah. And and I said uh, to myself, oh, you mean a mother? I'm dying. Yeah. I'm not a baby person to her baby. Yeah. To her baby. I and, will say, yeah. Val, so sh do I say the H? Sade. Sade, yeah. But it's yeah, S A D E. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, always yeah. have yeah. Sade anxiety. Right. Am I like, is it Sade? Yeah. No. Sade. But, but Siri but calls I her Sade. But it is Sade. And yeah. when you use Siri, you have to go call Sade. Yeah. Call Sade. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who do I have in my phone like that? Uh, I, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Oh, uh, my friend Kate. Kate Malore. It's Kate Maller, but you, can't, you have to say Malore. <laughs> anyway, it's stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know, I hear all that anger. 
And I share in that. And that was partly my experience. But then Val, like Scarlett Johansson and the Hulk, you know, like I hold out my hand and she goes, sun's getting real low. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she kind of calms me down yeah. and goes, isn't it possible? And I'm going to ask you too, that that is how he's trying to say, I saw that and I liked it. She's like, put the subtitles on. And just own that that's as close as we're going to get oh. to I saw it and I liked it. We want, Peter, I, I can make myself cry doing my an impression of my father and just be uh, like, I know we've always, you know, I don't know if we've ever had a close conversation. like You know, just like, wow. like a fantasy. Yeah. But like, he goes, was that programmed? Can't we, instead of getting upset, I'm just saying for our own good, step out and say, is it possible that that's him saying I saw it and I liked it. That's what Val says. She goes, I saw it and I liked it. Like, She's an apologist. She's a Mr. <laughs> Holmes apologist. That's how You're I'm not having it. No, I'm not having it. That says more about Val than it says about your dad. That Val is, not a, peace, having it. is a peacekeeper and loves you and loves your dad and and Peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tricky one for us because I'm a peacekeeper, Val's a peacekeeper. Yeah. And then like, and I'm assuming you were a peacekeeper. No, I no? had a middle brother who was a peacekeeper. I, w I, uh. was, uh, I was 10 and 15 years younger than my brother, so I was just this kind of kind of weird remnant of my parents' marriage that dissolved when I was one and a half, so. Wow. Yeah. Heavy? Pretty heavy, yeah. 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 But you still have that, when you were talking about with your mom... And you want to say something, the role, it feels almost like a little politician. I talked to my brother uh, after that little dust up with my What's dad. What's his name? John. Okay. Which is my dad's name. John Holmes. John Holmes, I know. You want a, you a family joke? In our family, we call him Shorty. <laughs> and to say something kind and nice about my parents, they don't take anything seriously. They love jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that yeah, we have yeah. a family joke. Right, right, right. Like yeah. when I hang out with families, we have our stuff. But when I hang out, one thing we're not, we're not stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's being a stiff. And right. there's a lot of like death before wow, that's blending cool. in or fucking, they're, cool. they're out there razzle dazzling in their own way. I got stoned recently and had like a nice moment. I was like, oh my God, this is what this plant is for. <laughs> Where I was like, I was like, I was visiting home and I was like, they're one of a kind. But I, I had it in the good way. Instead of like the angry, like, nobody's like my parents. You don't understand my parents. I was like, oh my God, nobody's like them. Right. And I had real, yeah. I accessed yeah. a room that is usually mired by the, the from the ground up seaweed of, of, yeah. of what I wish it was. But yeah. I got past it. That's a great attitude because they are a gift to somebody like us or David Sedaris. His family is, yeah. is just, oh That's my what Val gosh. says too. Is that what Sade yeah. says? She's like, that's the Goldman factory. Yeah, I mean, my 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 <laughs> wife has really interesting takes on my family because she's also seeing them as an outsider, not just of my family, but as a as a black person. Yeah, and somebody who didn't grow up around around a, a family of Jews of our age. Yeah, and background. So so she's she's sort of a, a an anthropologist in that in was that, that way. part of the appeal because i was looking for somebody different too the thought of dating someone from boston is Shade from boston no she's from trent new jersey See, this she, is what, yeah. she went to the same high school my dad went to but 60 years apart literally whoa <laughs> yeah. 
But she's, you didn't want to reenact the pattern. You were looking for yeah. a new, yeah. not just a new record, but a different record store. Right. But <laughs> like completely, but the th- let's move away. The main thing in that she... That's name, not that's not the, code for black, by the way. Right, but the, I'm not saying you went to the no, black no, record store. I'm no, saying you no, wanted no, no, different no, from what your family. The main way was. she differs from my family is that my family are the Simpletons, and Sade is an intellectual of the of the highest order. I Simpletons. mean, she's a she's a Renaissance no, person. I, I my, remember. She, yeah, she she reads in in physics and science wow. and and feminist studies, and she went to the Tisch School at NYU for for theater and writing, and so she's. She's a really special. So it's great brain. to have this brain yeah. watching your family. Yeah. What are they? What do you, would you mind sharing any of her takes? She Something said, that might help people. I had an argument with my mother because somebody put on a video of me on a on a on a, on a talk show. I think it was the uh, Tamron Hall, and at the time I had long hair and a, and a goatee. And my mother said, "Ugh, you look evil." And and immediately I went to to oh. DefCon one, and I said, "How can you say that about your about yourself?" A lot of people are confused about the DefCon ratings because of of Kanye West saying that he was at DefCon. First of all, it's DefCon. He was at DefCon three on the Jews, and it it's, turns out DefCon three is not that severe. DefCon one is really that's nuclear war, but but DefCon. DeathCon three on the Jews. We still have time to get our affairs in order. <laughs> it's like a siren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have time. Yeah, you have time. Yeah. I think DeathCon three was was pretty much the Cold War era. We were always at around three or three and a half, four. Uh, but uh, I mean, this is just a person who saw War Games six times in the in the, in the theater. <laughs> So Kanye Anyhow, was offensive and inaccurate. Yeah, that's yeah. A, the, I don't know which bothered me more, the anti-Semitism or the the not getting the words just hard right. To say. Yeah, it's just hard to say. Yeah, and and then so we had an argument over that, and I said, you know how hurtful that is, and why is everything about my appearance like I am an extension of you? And and Sade said, you're arguing, and not in front of my mother, but later after things calmed down, she said, you're arguing with her like she's an equal. Mm. And she is, and she said, I don't mean this in a, in a pejorative manner. She's a simple woman. Yeah. She knows good, bad, like, dislike, yeah. pretty, ugly, You're trying yuck, to put it on. Yum. And you... Are are bringing in thirty years of of therapy, therapy and and Jungian psychology and Camus and and all the other things you've read and all she knows is that she didn't like your hair and she <laughs> found it revolting. <laughs> you can I call Shade when I need this? Oh my gosh! Because She's I've sharp, said man. you know how many times I've said this week. I just resent sometimes, not sometimes, often. Yeah. I was on an airplane. I talked with <laughs> the woman the whole flight, and it was a great chat. Wow. I enjoyed the chat. But they, like a lot of people, were going like, you know, the things you leave unsaid with family, you'll regret. So you should do it. Yeah. They were like, sit knee to knee, look eye to eye, and say this, this, and this. This made me feel this way. And I hear now Sade's voice going like, what do you... I say... You might as well be telling me to speak Portuguese yes. to a tennis ball. Yes. That's not putting down the tennis yeah. ball. Yeah. And I'm not degrading the Portuguese language. 
<laughs> my therapist said, and and I, but that, that doesn't make me a coward. No. It doesn't make me not doing the work. And you know what I said? I was like, you know what? I can handle fucking regret. You know what? I can't handle. I can handle regret. You know what? I can't handle is that. Yes. You fuck. You're talking to me like you're saying. You know what I say? It's not people. You're you're picturing a person. You're picturing like a yeah. thing. It doesn't work that way sometimes. You're, yeah. Like you like in your situation. Yeah. You're speaking Portuguese. Yes. It's a different thing. Ex- and that exactly. doesn't mean you're not brave yes. and honest and exactly. And I crave closeness with the with my yeah. family. But that's yeah. not the way to do it. And that yeah. and that's not the way for everybody. So I do want to say let's stop assuming that that's a safe endeavor. For everybody, that is such a great insight, and I and I I love that. Yeah, I can live with the regrets, but that's what Val's therapist yeah, says. She goes, regrets my, manageable. Yeah, yeah, and my therapist <laughs> said something similar. He said about my entire family, they're not taking any new information. That is great, <laughs> and I didn't know Ray Romano was seeing people oh, therapeutically. Alan Lefkowitz is his name, and it and. There are, number of, there, are no, there are a number of friends that we have that, that see oh, him. So name, I'll names, bump into, name, I'll bump into Bobby Kelly going in and out or, or Joe List. And That's a warm couch after yeah, Bobby. Yeah, it's a warm couch. And Bobby, he's so funny. <laughs> and he would say, uh, if he'd come in after me, say, you leave anything for me? <laughs> like he's going to be done, yeah, 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 yeah. done doling it out. But he sees this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so the conversation I had with my brother that I wanted to know you said, I know what to say, you know, to your mother. She yeah. likes sentimentality. Yeah. And I'm saying this out of a beautiful, like, I, this is me in my, because under all the anger is the sadness, right? Yeah. It's the colorful candy shell on the sadness M&M. Right under it is a little boy, me still, wanting closeness, wanting connection, wanting good for them, wanting yeah. good for the family. Yeah. So there's still this, like, desire to connect Boy, I was hoping I was going to remember what I was trying to say with your brother John. Oh yeah, so I call him. What did what did my brother say though? We're talking about fucking. Now this almost never happens. That's okay. It is okay. It'll come back to us. We'll circle back around. Can I say? It. Yeah. When you said, "Do you have any idea how fucking easy this is for me?" Oh wow! I got the chills. Oh really? Goodwill oh, hunting. So, yeah, it just keeps giving to us, doesn't it? It just keeps giving. That's a, yeah, Sade and I were over at your house and we watched it together, and it's one of my favorite moments. Right here. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. I can't get enough, and forgive me, everybody, but I'm gonna. Keep and it. I don't think I've ever done a better TV set than what I did on the Pete Holmes show. That I watch that now, and usually we cringe, and I watch it now, and I think, oh, that's what joy looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort yeah. and yeah. being embraced. That was yeah. a that was a great feeling. That was a special thing too, because the Pete Holmes show was such a treehouse. Yeah. It's like climbing up into a treehouse. Yes, totally. And there were Rolling Stones and Mad Magazines. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And there was an old Nintendo. Yeah. And we had electric running on yeah. a long orange extension cord. And it was just safe. And we were going yeah. like, let's make the comic safe. And you came out and you're yeah. fucking one of the best that's ever done it, gig. Uh, li- living or dead. Living or dead. I told you to say living or dead at the end of that. Whenever you living say- Living or dead. When you say I'm the greatest. Imagine if I wrote it out. <laughs> can you imagine? I can. I'm oh going to toss this Matt Damon at you. And I'm almost done. Everybody knows I say this a lot, but the Bourne trilogy is about trying to break family trauma, break, break bad patterns. I'm going to say one point. Born Ultimatum, the best one. Okay. 
He's, who is he trying to meet at Waterloo Station? He's trying to meet a reporter. He wants witness. He wants someone wow. to hear his story. He was inducted through waterboarding into a system that he did not want to join. Wow. Can you commit to this program? Sounds like my dad, doesn't it? Yeah. Can you commit to this? Pro was that programmed? Wow. <laughs> and he wow. goes, I can't. They make him in. That's that's your genes. Yeah. That's your upbringing. That's your school. That's everything. They they're not even doing it maliciously. That's just what they think. We gotta train you to be a killer for your safety. Right. Then he's had enough. Yeah. He he meets Marie, who I actually think is the mom. His girlfriend is the mom. Okay. She dies, so the mom is taken. And then uh, Pamela Landy, who's the woman on the inside that helps him come in, that's his wife. That's his Sade. Interesting. That's the, the she's smart. Right. Yeah, she yeah, understands yeah. the system. Yeah. So he goes to Waterloo to meet a reporter. So the reporter will write a story about what's happening. That's what we're looking for with therapists, with friends, with with relationships. Can you bear witness to what happened? Because right. if we can quote Fred Rogers, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Yes. Let's talk about it. Wow. Todd Glass said that to me again last night. Don't mention other podcasts. Oh, sorry about that. He doesn't pot. He doesn't cast anymore. So I think it's really? safe. But. I'm also no, getting I'm also getting a lot of Homer's The Odyssey vibe in in the telling the tale and the and the being kind of forced into going on an odyssey and yeah and, yeah and but also the coming back with the elixir and wanting everybody to to know about it with the with the, the hero's journey yeah the hero's journey you bring so it back yeah, to the not, village it's not surprising it's it's a the Jungian right. It is. It absolutely is. In fact, yeah. Falling Upward, which I'm looking at, it's on the bookshelf there by Richard Rohr, is oh, wow. looking at the Odyssey oh, through a spiritual lens and being like, that's what we all have to do. Can I take a break to use the nope. restroom? I'm really sorry about Sweat that. Sweat it out, Gary. Um... Sweat it out. I am so excited about this latest Pete's Pick, which is First Person, a mushroom-based supplement that helps us naturally produce more oxytocin. This is a product that has literally changed both my and Val's life, giving us more oxytocin, also known as the feel-good hormone from our friends at First Person. What is it? It's called Golden Hour, using precision-targeted supplements with functional mushrooms that aim to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. That's a fancy way of saying, here's an all-natural supplement that is going to help your body produce more oxytocin, golden hour. Helps me tune into a sense of joy, connection, and relaxed presence. I noticed the difference the first time I took it. Within 15 minutes, it's incredible. And that effect has only built over time the more I use it. It helps support your body's natural production of oxytocin to mitigate stress, boost the mind-body connection, and it may even help promote long-term cognitive health. So we're always talking about oxytocin, I mean, it's huge. The feel-good hormone, how do you get it? Turns out our friends are here to help. But that's not all. I love Golden Hour so much. I take all three of First Person's family of supplements, and I'm so glad I do. Sunbeam maximizes productivity and creative activities by turning into inspired, focused mindset by supporting the body's natural production of dopamine. So now we got another hormone going. Dopamine to activate the brain's motivation and reward system, like on demand. And Moonlight helps me stay in deep, restorative sleep longer, waking feeling clear and well-rested by supporting the body's natural production of the GABA neurotransmitter to relax the central nervous system, preparing the brain and body for sleep. These are meant to be stacked. They work so well together. But if you're going to try one, 
I would start with Golden Hour. They are so incredible. Uh, I take Sunbeam for the dopamine. I take Golden Hour for the oxytocin, so I feel joyful and motivated. So I take them at the same time. And of course, I take Moonlight before bed for the perfect night of sleep. It's 100% grain-free, organic mushrooms, as well as highly curated blend of neuroceuticals. First Person is a game changer. It's an incredible company. I'm so glad to be working with them. So start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. You can get 20% off your first order by going to Get firstperson.com and use promo code weird that's getfirstperson.com and use promo code weird these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease but if you've been listening to we made it weird val and i both have been shouting their praise absolutely no going back give it a try getfirstperson.com and use promo code Weird. We're also brought to us by our friends at Next Evo. Next Evo is incredible, especially as we're shifting from the laid back, lazy summer days into these hectic fall days, especially if you have little kids going to school. There's a lot of stress going around. And if I don't take care of my body and if I don't rest completely, I wake up looking like a shipwrecked Captain Jack Sparrow. It's a bad situation. So I take Next Evo CBD. I love their uh, stress gummies, which have ashwagandha to help you calm down. And the CBD gets into your system so much better. They have something called Smart Sorb Technology, which makes sure that the CBD is actually getting into your body, which is huge. When I talk to people about CBD, they're often a little hesitant because they don't feel it and they don't know how to dial in the dose correctly. Well, Next Evo is taking care of both of that. You feel it within 10 minutes and they have it figured out. The absorption problem has been solved by Next Evo. What you take is what you're going to get so you can dial it in just right and find out the perfect dose for you. So transitioning into the fall, like I said, can be very stressful, but regular CBD oil just doesn't mix well with your water-based body. Next Evo Naturals products are clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better. Four times than regular CBD oil. Whether you need to de-stress and sleep better this fall, reach for the fast-acting CBD products from Next Evo. They absorb better, they contain 100% of the CBD listed on the label, they're clinically tested, and are delicious with no hempy aftertaste. These gummies work fast, the absorption starting in 10 minutes, and CBD only works if you actually get it into your body. Like I said, Next Evo has proven their all-natural gummies absorb four times better than most oil-based products with their Smart Sorb technology. I love their Stress CBD com- uh, Complex, combining the premium CBD with the ashwagandha to soothe away stress and stay calm as you get back into these fall routines. So get more Z's and more Zen in your life. They also have the Sleep Support Complex, which is an incredible part of a sleep routine. So get more Z's and more zen in your life. Upgrade to better natural solutions from Next Evo Naturals. Go to Next Evo and use promo code WEIRD for 25% off. That's 25% off at nextevo.com and use promo code WEIRD. All right, everybody, let's get back to Gary. Ask you about the dynamic of the book with your family. Um, oh, yeah, because we only got who published it. right. There are things that I'm sure they'll be embarrassed by or think, well, that's not what happened. In your book? Yeah. Um, or, that the, or with my mother, she'll say that, that she was embarrassed that I talked about her stealing greeting cards from the Hallmark store she 
worked at and so she called me about that and it's just how is that part of the dread because i'm shaking of it coming out the book was that oh i'm gonna hear from my family and they're gonna like they do at every comedy show well that wasn't true was it is that how that happened and and second guessing and undermining and i worked out this thing in my head because i've thought about it and i wonder what you think about this and to anything they say if they really get down on me i will say i could have gone harder i could have yeah it could have been worse just be grateful you know the end lamont i I was easy on you the end lamont quote which is you should have been nicer to me yeah if people don't like how you wrote about them they should have been kinder yeah yeah i forgot about that oh my gosh that everyone who writes a book needs that oh that's really helpful yeah you thought about that when you were well dude i realized that i wrote the book trying to be my own reporter at waterloo station like i like i was like i'm gonna put it in black and white yes and i actually had a nice call with my folks i didn't go that hard but there was a nice moment where i felt seen it was very brief it was on the call they had just read it but i also think there was some stuff somehow it got back to me that it was like i think Somebody in my family, I'm still so, too scared to be specific, but somebody was like, right. uh, Peter's a drug addict or something, because I talk <laughs> about taking mushrooms in the Right, book. right. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I'm like, that is... But when we were kids, we would have thought yeah. Peter's a drug addict. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But this is Sade. He's Good, a st- bad. Yeah, he's a drugs, stoner. Do drugs. He's a stoner yeah. and a burnout. Even though the book goes to great lengths to being yeah. like... This was weird for yeah. me too, and this is what it meant to me, and all this stuff. And, and but they all never, of that understanding they, faded away very quickly. That region of the country and our families never got artists. Yeah, we were they referred to as artsy fartsy, and one of the hardest things, <laughs> shit, one of the hardest things to do as Even an adult. Was yeah, it was artist. as an as an adult performing and writing was to see this as art and as an artist and that these sentences were in their way poetic and yeah. and that's a tough transition to make from where we came from and it and it makes me admire Damon and Affleck even even more yeah because they they were able to maintain this street cred but also they they tell stories of being really into the theater when they were in in high school yeah. even and and it must have been that their their parents being being from Cambridge and and understanding artists and yeah. and creativity yeah. because we just didn't yeah. we didn't have that and right. and the artists were denigrated and they were going to be broke and and the yeah. perpetual students and the starving artist yeah. and and yeah. it just it it makes me want to take a flamethrower to this place yeah <laughs> that's a, fuck you that, too. yeah that's a yeah. great New England movie man scent of a woman gets me so pumped up sometimes yeah, if too. I was half the man I used to be, I take a flame thrower to the yes. and, and Harry, fuck you too. And it cuts to them in the crowd. <laughs> There's an insert of them yes. listening. Little Phil Hoffman. Yeah. Dude. Phil, Phil Hoffman, even as a child, was out acting everyone around I him, agree. including Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> right? I know. How oh. good is he in that movie? Heartbreaking. Yeah. You mean what happened? 
Even within that movie, it's heartbreaking. No, I agree. Because he had a little bit of a Stop. conscious and a little bit of a yeah. of a of a heart in that movie. And yeah, he just yeah, and he was just a pawn of talented Mr. Ripley too. Was, oh my god! Oh Tom. wow! So good. yeah. Oh my gosh! That's and, when we were like, and oh, boogie and boogie nights, boogie nights. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, Scotty. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew he could do that? Wow! Because there was a time. When we didn't know that Philip Hoffman was like going to be a great actor, sure. he was just a guy and send a yeah. woman. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's probably just who that guy is. Nope. You know what I mean? He's like, well, hey, jazzy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah, doing. yeah, 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 and yeah. He's yeah. in Boogie Nights. Give me one of those great hugs. <laughs> send a woman is so good. I, uh, it's Chris Fleming that- loves watching Al Pacino in anything yeah. and only the Al Pacino, and it's exactly right. It's it's so <laughs> cutting to just the Pacino just, scenes, just the Pacino scenes, just skip, skip in, in the heat and Scott. Well, Scarface, it's all Pacino, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah that's just, funny because that was my movie when I watched uh, Scent of a Woman. I wrote my dad a letter. Wow, see, talk about books, right? And I want yeah. let's get back to your book, but like. It's always been trying to get to Waterloo Station. Yeah. Trying to put it on paper wow. so you couldn't change it. But that was just like a love letter to my dad. Yeah. And and I still stand by a lot of what I said because when I was a kid, like, you know, 15, 13 maybe, drive a fucking Winnebago to Staten Island, park it in Staten Island, my take word. the ferry. I just thought like... There was a feeling that Manhattan was like a special place yeah. for very savvy people. Oh, yeah. Of yes. course, having lived there, you're like, that's not true. Uh, but no, but it was overwhelming on my first visits. Yeah. And and I'm I'm actually I should give myself more credit for this for navigating it and feeling it at home and, and absolutely comfortable there and not yeah. and not terrified of missing the connection or the transfer and, yeah. and yeah. all that yeah yeah no it's a lot because I I do have friends who said I can't handle it. it's too anxiety yeah. provoking for me and they and they have to avoid it and then what you realize to survive in Manhattan is you have to carve out your little way yeah not the whole thing. Don't right. do the whole thing. No. Nope. You're a little way. Yeah. And that's why, again, when I say I'm a little on the spectrum, I don't know if that's true, but like I thrived in that way. I always ate at Mamoons. You know what I mean? Oh, man. That's yeah. my pre show oh, yeah, meal. Yeah. And I always yeah. catch this train and go, I need to just get in no, your ri- little ritual loop. ritual is very comforting. That's a, the, it the, helps. The, the, the Catholics if you look are onto at, something. It's true. If you look at all of it, it's paralysis. But if yeah. you just like, that's why stand up coming into Manhattan and learning the city. I mean, talk to any comic. You're like, it's over by Broadway, Broadway Comedy right, Club. It's, right. it's by, it's by Gotham. Yeah, it's by yeah, the yeah. old Gotham. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's by the old Improv. Like these are still the landmarks. No, because totally. that's where we went. Totally riddled with adrenaline. So of course we remember where but, it is. Yeah, but the, it's the adrenaline. That's a great point because I am driving around the the city, going to different different interviews and plugs and things, and I'm going by the Laugh Factory and I'm going by the store. And I'm filled with bile. Really? As I yeah, because these were places that shut me out while I while I lived here, and I couldn't get on. And and Jamie Masada was convincing. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but his thing was to to get 
young comedians to be a character that had nothing to do with their life or their biography. So he would say, okay, buddy, you are the garbage man. You do only jokes about garbage. And it was this incredibly cynical, calculated idea to get development deals from the networks because they were very lucrative in the 90s and up until 2000. And it was just so twisted. <laughs> You're trying to hack the system? Totally. What did he totally. tell you to do? Luckily, you are told you. To me, he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, you like kid who never grow up. And so I was like, all right, that's not actually true, but at least it's a little bit closer to what I. Yeah. What, You're making I'm me a, realize when I was bit, in New York, somebody, I'm a little bit silly. In a loving way, was yeah. like, you should wear long sleeve t shirts and like a, an Atari shirt o over it. Yeah. So you, you had to have a hook, but here's the thing. <laughs> Like, look like an it's, alt kid in a Capri not, Sun it's commercial. Not wrong in terms of commerce, in that TV is a very efficient look. Yeah, look that way. Business. Yeah. You, 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 it probably held me back that I didn't look my, like my act at, a, at a, any point. That people That's were, interesting. Yeah. When I saw you, I don't remember often what people are wearing, and I'm sure I mentioned this the other two times, but when you did that set at the Comic Connection, you were wearing a heart, a red, a crimson red <laughs> Harvard, Harvard sweatshirt. football sweatshirt. Foot, football yeah, sweatshirt. I still have that sweatshirt. And I was like... It was adorable, man. I was like, what is this? Because again, comedy was like, if you need a place to open a beer, you put it on the counter and you pop it. You pop it like a gopher in your fucking yard. <laughs> and you, now I'm drinking you, a beer. Yeah, unless you are a fucking pussy. Exactly. And then you come up looking like Malcolm Gladwell, to be honest, <laughs> and proving that stand-up is quite easy. You know, I'm just thinking. So let's talk a little bit more about the book. Your mom didn't like the greeting cad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so and she's not going to like me talking about her twin brother who was a, a burglar and fence. The best and, word to say in a Boston accent, burglar. Burglar, yeah. He he was a, a a very interesting, very entertaining man, but he was he was a a derelict and and a lunatic and and didn't bathe and had had. A very interesting story about Uncle Norman was that he was working at the post office and it was there was a, a big snow bank and it was very snowy and his job at the post office was he was a janitor, so you did everything involving that when you were a custodian in the in the fifties or sixties. You are a custodian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not so, a good accent. Right. But Uncle Norman was a custodian at the post office. It was a government job and it had benefits and he was he was shoveling some snow. And a truck, either a Sears truck or a truck associated with another deep-pocketed corporation backed into Uncle Norman. And as this was happening, Uncle Norman always told us, he said, and I knew at that moment my time had arrived. And and that was that set. lawsuit with that lawsuit he bought a house and with that house it was a duplex, so he was able to rent out the That's other like part. Office space and where he's like the guy in the wheelchair and he's like if you wait yeah something good is coming down the line and it's like a huge yeah. injury and a loss yes wow. yes and he was just thrilled and and for the rest of his life he he dealed in stolen merchandise and and so we i i don't know if i talked about Sears. yeah i don't know if, know if i talked <laughs> that's the irony i don't know if i talked about this in the in the book but we would have 
great electronics and we were broke we were on food stamps but we would have a good tv and a good stereo throughout the 70s it was never the same tv never the same stuff because he would resell things that he had given us and and Wait, it would like one disappear? year we had a yeah we would bring it back and then he would get us another one and it was either the same better worse but beggars can't be choosers and then my my uncle norman at one point and it was probably just he was storing it at my mother's house until the heat was off we had a pinball machine in our kitchen and not a plastic one that you would get at sears it was a it was from an arcade or a sub shop it was a sub shop pinball machine what was it tell in me our, it was aerosmith kitchen <laughs> no it was the it was not the who's tommy but that's the only one that people know pinball machines it was a it was a a, a stock car racing type thing and it was old fashioned it didn't have the digital it was really old but yeah, it was yeah. it was really cool man and at one point my brothers took off the the glass that covered it so we could just run up high scores by flicking the the things while we were playing pinball and it was just it was a lot of fun and it was this weird little oasis of utter poverty where we had essentially an arcade and also i had a gumball machine like from the front of the grocery store Whoa. that 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 uncle norman had lifted and so i i started this candy store in my garage called gully's gumballs <laughs> and you could you you didn't have you didn't have to ride your bike to 7-eleven you could buy a gumball in my garage and as and the play some pinball. And, and let me tell you something the gumball was a loss leader for the for the candy that i had bought at at a at a candy store in in Lynn Mass and I would resell it at a, at a huge markup. I just wanted to get you in the door at the, at the yeah, it got the garage you in. Door. It got you in. It's like streaming on machine. Amazon. They yeah, don't yeah, make money on the streaming. Yeah, 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 you yeah, stay yeah, and you yeah, buy yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna <laughs> yeah, you you're gonna buy a, a mallow cup or <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gullman's what was it? I was a, it, Gully's Gumballs, and Gullies. I was an entrepreneur until I was telling the story of my of my coup. I I thought I had invented capitalism because I was telling somebody at a at a at a Passover seder. I said, "So what I do is I buy the candy for a nickel, and then I sell it for a dime." Like I had invented some some brilliant scheme. I had invent profit. I had invented profit, and my I had my, invented profit. My middle brother and I, I don't know if you had this with anybody in your family. Their job was to uh, anytime there was a swelling of my self esteem, they would they would immediately pop it. So I'm telling this story about my my brilliant scam of charging more than I paid for candy, mm. and my brother Max said, "Don't be so obnoxious," and. Pete, I don't, I don't know how many times you've been slapped in the face. Yeah, but it was, it was that, but worse. It hit me right in the stomach, Oof. and it just, and it was in front of people, and I was on such a high, and and he was so put off by my personality that I, and 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 you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. You're like, oh, he was probably two or three years old. But like I said, he was 19 years old mm. when he just robbed me of of any kind of of pride and excitement. Yeah. And, and I just remember that was like kind of a, there were a number of things that, that were demarcation points in my childhood, but that one was a, a real like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. I'm not the same as I was before he said that. Oh, wow. Oof. Yeah, hey, there's a 
Jimmy Eat World song that I love. And the, the middle? Co- it's not the middle. Oh, the middle the, is a. It's a great song. It's a great song. That was my divorce anthem. <laughs> it'll just take some time. Yeah. It'll get better. Everything yeah. will be all right. That saved yeah. me. Yeah. And I was in the car listening to like Dropkick Murphys and feeling angry. And then fucking Jimmy Eat World comes on. So Mixes good. up the vibe. This is radio days. I'm yeah, yeah, to the radio. yeah. No, I get it. So I hear fucking yeah, Jimmy yeah, Eat World yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's going to be okay. Pre playlist. put it in uh, yeah. crashing. I'm listening to the middle. Little Easter egg. Who cares? Who fucking cares? But there's a song called Lucky. I care. I know you care. We care. We're yeah. caring. We're creating the caring. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you made it weird. Creating the caring. It's <laughs> 2000. 13 jesus <laughs> anyway um the chorus of the song is you sucked that lucky feeling right out of me yes and i really relate wow. to that because it's a fragile thing yeah it's like a little yeah. baby I'm bird so, so careful with any kind of a accomplishment so they're they're publishing a uh an excerpt from the book in rolling stone and no i shit. know yeah and i know if i were to tell my mother or my brother's or anyone they would say either, oh, I don't read that, or oh, good for you, good for you. And and it'll just take all the excitement, so I don't share anything with them because they can suck the joy, right? They're joy yeah. vultures, yeah. these people, and they just, they never match my enthusiasm for anything. Who's the publisher? Ugh. Yeah. And is there a publisher I could have mentioned that she would have known other than yeah. Random House or yeah. or it's it's You're just left with yeah. it's not enough or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it never it never ends and sadly I still need to to I wouldn't say impress her but make her make her proud and Can the I? compliments you get I don't let's go over these. Have you ever gotten I don't know how you remember it all. Yeah, that's Ugh. a terrible one. It's a ter- that's not a compliment. No. And if you said that to them, they would accuse you of being sensitive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really hard. I've gotten the mu- look at you in yeah. California oh, following yeah, 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 your yeah, dream. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That was at Who a said funeral. That? Patty Ross. <laughs> it was at a funeral, and my brother was standing next Do to me. Do you know Patty Ross? No. Oh, she's she's this great comedian and actress. You'd recognize her because she's been in a lot of Boston filmed movies she was in she was in the most fighter. Re- like like not the fighter but she was in spotlight she played one of the secretaries and she's okay. a great article guys she's got this great voice <laughs> and she was she was a stand-up who came out here and immediately was embraced and 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 pushed ahead but she told me something early on in comedy that was so great because the audiences could be just just treacherous in boston she said fourth wallum Fourth wallum. Like put a wall between you two. Yeah. You don't need to acknowledge these people. They're lemmings. They're lemmings. I've heard a different strategy, which is sometimes don't build a connection like a tube from you to them. Put a tube up into the sky, like mm. into a higher power or yeah. another meaning. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not safe. It goes back to Portuguese yeah. to the tennis ball. Sometimes it's not a safe connection yeah. to establish. You find a safe one, it's great to put it into that area of the audience. That's but right. If you can't find a safe one, it's put it to, to the put, sky. Totally. Put it to the sky. Yeah. Or talk to Sade. Talk. Yeah. Talk oh to a gosh. safe person. Collect the people like me. Yeah. That, that I, I'm seeing your your book is fucking brilliant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you self published it. Then I then I then I dig you. I I thought you self-published it and I still liked it. I was kind of sad when I saw Gully's Gumballs Publishing made it. 
I'm like always in the hole on this one. Let me ask you this. Though. I, here's the thing. I Hit lied it. when I told my mother. You said Random House. No, I said <laughs> I said Macmillan, but it's a it's a it's an imprint of Macmillan yeah, of called Flatiron. Yeah. But she wouldn't know Flatiron. Yeah. And I knew all she asked me for was that so she could brag to her friends. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said Macmillan, which isn't a it is it's a white lie. I, I don't know what the, I don't understand what the difference is. Harper but Wave I, published mine. That's Harper One uh, imprint from Harper Collins. Right? From Harper Collins. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm telling my folks. Yeah. Harper Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. they don't they don't get anything. And I mean well, I'm 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 a recurring character on Life and Beth with Amy Schumer, and I have not told my mother because she doesn't understand what Hulu is. <laughs> It's funny and it's kind of sad. No, it is sad, but it was funny right, how you yeah, yeah. said it. I'm seeing yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah. My, here's here's yeah. this will drive you crazy, but it's fun watching you get crazy. I'm never gonna forget. Do you understand how easy this is for me? <laughs> my dad. <laughs> my dad always goes on a scale of one to ten, Peter. How big of a deal is this? <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. And but God love them for trying. But they're yeah, they're trying. They are trying, but they're also telling you how big of a deal it is to them. Yeah. That they, they, my father was really good at matching my enthusiasm for something and understanding what level of enthusiasm there should be for, to match my enthusiasm for this. And he teaches you indirectly, subconsciously, how you can get with him. And you can get excited, and he'll match your enthusiasm because he loves seeing me excited. And yeah. so that he's passed, but there's so many things where my mother will say, "Oh, your father would be so proud the of the." <laughs> he's passed at the cellar. He's passed at the cellar. He's passed uh, everywhere. He got two recommendations, and 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 Esty saw him on a Friday night, and he went on, he went, <laughs> he went on after. After I'd Pete Davidson you. did a guest spot, that wasn't easy. That wasn't easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, ride the wave. So, yeah, so my dad matches your enthusiasm. Matches my enthusiasm, he's and to so see you and so the the book. I know how excited he would get because he got excited when I made one out of two free throws at the at the free throw line. Anything yeah, I yeah. did, he was excited by because he took yeah. great joy in me. He took great. That's what they never tell you about being a parent is that it is important as important as getting them th through college to enjoy them yeah can i tell you okay i think you should read these books father greg boyle okay don't get sweaty he is a he is a priest no uh, i i no i know i went to a, a jesuit college i remember yeah and he's a jesuit so yeah you love it no i love them he's incredible tattoos on the heart the whole language, and um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the other one, but just get any of his books on, on audio. They're great books. All right. So he works with gang members, and he tells story after story. He's one of my, like, fathers, you know what I mean? Like, wow, he's a yeah. guy that's, like, just filled a place in my heart. And he tells these stories of, like, gang members coming in and being, like, proud of their report cards. And he's like, straight A's. He's like, check it out, G. I got straight A's. <laughs> and he opens it, and it's like, C, D, F, uh. A. Yeah, See. yeah, and he goes, you know, his inner monologue. He's like, "Oh, this guy doesn't know. He doesn't even say this is what I would say. This guy doesn't know what straight A's means." But he probably says something more gentle, like a little confusion on what straight A's means. <laughs> but he just goes, "Oh, son, you you did it. 
This yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And there's there's this thing that Richard Rohr says about our relationship to God that I think about all the time is that like we are like children drawing bad crayon drawings and God puts them on the fridge. Oh and that's, my word, what an image, what an analogy. It's great, right? That's incredible. And that's it. That's, you know, as we're talking about these human letdowns, it did put me in me a yearning to find the source. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sent sure. me on the journey to go like, sure. Look, we're I think we're looking maybe in the wrong place. People are always going to be people, but you can be the twinkle in the eye. You can look at the report card and go, "Son, you did. I'm so proud yeah. of you." And I know there's people out there that people gave Mr. Rogers shit, <laughs> but it's like it's and Mr. Rogers said it's all love or lack of it, right? Yep. So, yeah, you could go, "What's this F?" You know what I say to that? Fuck off. Totally. Shit. Like, pick your moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lila totally. does it all the time. She says something wrong, or she, yeah. she's just completely wrong about something. <laughs> and I go, I didn't know that. I didn't know birds are robots, or whatever, whatever yeah, it is. You yes, and. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or you know what I do with Lila a lot? Not to toot my own, but like, I say, what do you think a lot? She goes, like, we went on Pirates of the Caribbean, and she goes, is that, is that pirate real? I'm like, what do you think? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. fun. Oh, man. Fun. That is... I know you don't want to have kids because uh, you're too old now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because of your, of the Great Depression. We've talked about that before. Yeah. But I just want to give you love. I'm not judging no, that. No, I'm no. saying you are a great father. Oh, you, you have well, that energy. And, you, well, and, and when you. you share this wisdom, you're giving it to people. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I, I appreciate that. But yeah. Sade and and I are going through some steps involving... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Here, I'm yeah. holding you to a, and a standard and a, and you and said that, 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's not, a, me. that's not a euphemism for having sex, taking steps to... Do you want to take some <laughs> steps? No, there You there, know, eating oysters helps us take steps. There are, there are things because uh, with regards to pregnancy, she's 37. Yeah. And so we're going to be 37. And You so got to watch... Adam ruins everything. Okay, there's an Adam ruins everything about pregnancy. Okay, must watch. Okay, because the risk. Great. I for really like enjoy that guy. He's, he's incredible. Sharp man. The risk. Uh, so it's when funny. people say that your risk doubles at a certain age of something going goofy, uh huh, goofy, it goes from <laughs> something like 0.01 to 0.02. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to watch it. It'll make you feel. Oh, that's interesting. Better. It oh, made cool. us feel better about breastfeeding. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a yeah, gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyone I, I talk yeah. to going into this, you have to watch the Adam ruins everything on pregnancy. Okay, cool. It's incredible. So you're you're thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're yeah, sniffing yeah, around. Yeah, you're yeah, going. We're, we're taking steps, man. <laughs> well, buddy, I already said, but I'm like, you are a dad. Oh, you're a thank, dad. Thanks, man. You're a dad. Thanks. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really great. nice to hear. I feel yeah. like such a. I feel like an old guy in your temple being like, it's a mitzvah. <laughs> like I'm a, I, but I, that's how I feel. Uh, thanks, I hope man. it happens. I hope yeah, that me works too. out. Beautiful. Me too. I think it would be really cool. Yeah. All right. Good yeah. hunting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just got sidetracked. I was going to say, what, did, what do you make of this? When you said, I still want my family to understand, see, compliment, whatever. Yeah. Even though you know intellectually... And you kind of were hard on yourself. You're like, I still go back. And I still go. Yeah. I have to, and I need value. you said something the last time, either on stage or backstage at, at Lago, where you were saying, no, it was backstage in your dressing room where you said, 
I don't. Your father just showed up and you said, I don't let them come to my shows yeah. and I don't invite them. And I remember thinking to myself, and not as a bit, I just remember thinking to myself, you can do that? I thought you had to allow these toxic people into your into your show because they they spent a lot of money to get you through yeah, school through school and everything yeah. like that but but it's it's such a healthy thing and this time around because of that i i i felt like well my mom is is a big star of the book i'm i'm going to have her commonal pay for her to be driven into boston <laughs> and and she'll say the same thing she says after every show which is how do you remember it all yeah which is I you know, know. You, yeah. i tell you the story my dad came even though i told him not to come right to the wilbur I, right to the wilbur and i told yeah. a story that involved i still tell this story actually i'm still doing it involved him not knowing he had pushed the wrong button on his phone and i you know standing ovation thousand whatever people wilbur big deal homecoming always special special and my dad again i i want to buffer this with like everyone's doing the best they can i get it but the comment that he said was that didn't happen that was what he said he goes that never happened the story oh wow and i'm like the point of the story was yeah. that you didn't know it was happening. Like that's the that's the mechanism of the story was that right. you were in the dark. So, and then I don't know if your family is like this. Then the next day I'm talking to my mom and my she'll be like, "Your father they, loved it," and like yeah, I'm like, "It's right, interesting." Right. But they fact check my my set and and question whether I these here's the question really happen and they don't understand the idea of emotional truth and right. and that exaggeration doesn't negate. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The That's interesting, and, and it's just. Well, it's, let me ask. This is what I was going to ask you. Mind blowing, but but I I just remember thinking that I do not have to have these people at my show, and if they want to come, this was the thing in that little um, uh, allowance I made. I said if they really want to come, they'll get tickets themselves and show up instead of expecting me to arrange it and tell them the yeah, the yeah. times and it's just and and so that assures that they won't come that's how i feel when my mom <laughs> are like my friend dad uh, johnny be a johnny wants to come yeah, to yeah, show. yeah. i'm like right well, right tom, the yeah, link yeah, yeah. is uh, yeah yeah because yeah. he's totally. not coming totally but my mother I, he but was being said, nice to you he was going like yeah. i want to see that yeah. you said, being nice you said something a moment ago where you said they're doing the best they can. And here's my question. Um, are they going to therapy once a week? Are they inviting you to be in their therapy? Are they reading books on what it means to be the uh, grandparent or an adult <laughs> and things? Are they really doing their, doing their best? And, and mm. what's the reality, Peter? Here's, here's my could be yeah. just defensive yeah. response meaning right. i had to build this yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's not real maybe i yeah. should just say you're fucking right <laughs> i always say if i was my dad my mom anybody if i was them i'd be them meaning to you and i it's an option to go i could go to therapy if i were them if i had their past if i had their biology their physiology every yeah. every experience they've ever had Every guy at the fucking paddock smoking a cigarette going, you go to fucking therapy, Jay, you might as well chop off your fucking balls, kid. You, that is in there in like the key years. Yeah. The brain is being formed and that right? got yeah, yeah, kneaded yeah, yeah. into the dough. Yeah. If I was him, I'd be him. If I was her, I'd be her. And there is a surrender to that. And, you know, Rain Wilson did the same thing. He was like, are they really doing the best they can? You know why I know it's the best they're doing? It's what they're doing. 
The end. It's it's reality. We can argue with it, but we'll only be wrong every single time. Byron but Katie. We go out of our way to improve ourselves in so many different ways. And for instance, if you're a doctor, you have to keep up with the information. Yeah. Right? And you you sometimes have to be recertified and all, all these things. And if your father was a doctor and was practicing, he would keep doing that. And yet he was a parent and he's not doing any of the things to become a better parent. And and everybody in my life would say they did their best and it included not trying to get better at any aspect of what I expected from them. I hear that. <laughs> but as someone who's experienced depression and anxiety, yeah, we only call it depression because <laughs> we always got to work in the special, the great depression <laughs> on Max. Now. Yeah, it's not streaming on. It's Max. on Max. Yeah, uh, I say that like that's a hot take. No, it's called Max. What am I fucking <laughs> a hack? Anyway, I just look. This is just dabbling in compassion because I love anger. Yeah, fucking love it. Yeah. I know what it's like to just not be able to, for example, on a certain day, exercise, even though I know right. it'll extend my life and help my mood and turn it around. And some days I just go, eat shit. I go in and I ask the boardroom of my psyche, hi, I'm higher functioning Pete. I'm the, high, I'm, I'm the CEO here. They all yeah. laugh. <laughs> they all laugh that I think I'm the CEO. And I go, I'd like to exercise today because I think we're getting in a rut. Yeah. And they all vote and yeah. I'm out voting. I can't do it. It's just right. a colorful way okay. of saying yeah. so I think And you do this seven days a week. Exercise or try to exercise? <laughs> no, have this have this vote that no, you no, get no. voted down seven days a week. What I'm saying is that your parents are voting it down seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year and however many years. And and mm. here's the here's the thing that I've finally gotten to after all these years, close to just accepting that, but also realizing that, well, if they're not going to put any effort, I'm not going home as much as I used to. And if they invite me out on these things and to these things, and I've done it with friends and I've done it with family, I don't have time for this because there are people who I go over to Pete Holmes's house. And if I were to tell Pete Holmes that he made me really uncomfortable the last time because he didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's short shrifted or, yeah. or dismissed this, Pete Holmes would feel bad about it, not become defensive, not put it on me, not give me an example of how I did something similar to him. He would feel kind of bad. And and so I I I don't have to I don't have to dismiss them entirely and and not have a place for them in my heart, but I don't have a lot of time for them anymore. Yeah, I hear that, man. I hear that. I understand. Yeah, I had a joke. I, I was. Trying. I'm on the back nine of life. Yeah, I fucking. <laughs> Bill Burr at the comedy store the other night was like, if you're having fake arguments with people in your mind, just get that person away. Wow. And I was like, you know, I bristled against That's that. I was like, I don't know great. if I can Those, do that. Dan Soder calls them shower arguments or thanks or shower <laughs> fights. We're in the shower. But you just mentioned something truly <laughs> powerful, which is I've been doing it on stage and I just decided I'm not going to do it on stage. It's, it's just not the funny to like real ratio is a little bit off but i was like every time this is just true in my family 
It's just a thing, an extended family. It's like a Boston thing. If I look for an apology, it almost always ends. It no, it always ends with me apologizing for having my feelings hurt. Oh wow! So why would you abandon something that's that real and you think keep it? And yeah, because eventually you're going we'll to make get it, it right. As as I come up on thirty years of comedy, there are things from thirty years ago in my notebook that I stuck with because they were original and also said something about me right. and my and I'm, my I'm ideas. totally one so you should not yeah, I did it at Largo and I saw people nodding something. and I was like, you know what? I'll take nods. Yeah. Because they, those because people probably felt less alone. Eventually you're going to get laughs and you're gonna find something and maybe it'll just be a sentence amongst a bigger thing, but you get that sentence and that and that will that will resonate man because that happens to me all the time where I stood up for myself on that instance when my mother said I looked evil. Yeah. And the next thing I know I'm looking over at her and she's she's whimpering because she feels attacked. Yeah. And that's what Sade she said. She didn't hear anything she you said all she heard was criticism, 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 criticism. Right. right. And it and it was and so I I, I I lost. That's an interesting thing. Again, Val's strategy is so when I said in this dust up with my dad i apologized to him and then i said would you apologize to me because my feelings were hurt and he he wouldn't and and, but he was like i was joking and i really believe he believes that and then he goes but then he did say i'm your father peter i would never want to hurt you so then i tell val that story and she goes i think that is the apology you're waiting for my mother's version i'm sorry but but this is actually i'm trying to defend my dad and saying he did sort of say it They'll just, so I did something called the work. I go, for me to be safe, this is Byron Katie. I go, for me, to, this is the belief that I caught myself feeling. For me to be safe, I need my father or my mother to understand and see me in a way that I understand being understood and seen. Uh-huh. Like, is that true? It's absolutely not true. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for someone like you to come in and be like, I, wow, of course. Ugh. Yes, I'm sorry. Are you crazy? I I didn't know you felt that way. I'm humiliated. Like that's not happening. Right, right, right. But you have to. Sometimes Val goes, "Wait, run the tape back," and we rewind it and goes, "He said, I'm your father. I would never want to hurt you. I would prefer, I'm your father. I'm sorry I did hurt you. Yes. But he's saying my intention wasn't to hurt you. That's as close as we got. And we go, you know what? Bingo. Yeah. Question mark. Bingo question This is how mark. you play family yeah. bingo. Bingo. The card. It's, it's all just like satanic Under the G symbols. 30? Like, uh, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mother's equivalent of what your father said was, "What do you think? I wake up in the morning and think, how can I hurt my son?" I'm telling you, buddy. There is a fog over the entire Northeast. Yeah. It's like chemtrails. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's going. What are you? It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Grows, yeah. Grows a, grows yeah. A, that there's and there's nothing in between that. Yeah. Yeah. Either you're waking up in the morning looking at how to hurt Gary, or you're completely innocent yeah. and immediately forgivable. You're right. And you should not even bring it up. Yeah. The part of the joke. I'm by not the way, Hitler. I've apologized. That's so funny. I've apologized to Leela because she was choking me. She was on my back and she she, she just under, doesn't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. necks very well. And she's yeah, choking yeah, me, yeah. couldn't breathe. And I went, uh, baby, you're choking me. And and she didn't like that I 
no butted her. Right. You know, we're playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's feeling all those things. She's feeling yeah. embarrassed. Yeah, she stopped the fun. She yeah. she hurt me. Who knows what she's feeling? Right, but she right. yeah, she yeah. like kind of cowers. All I yeah. said was, "Baby, you're you're joking me." Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Sweetheart, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Daddy, daddy, you're good." This is what I say to Leela a thousand times a day. I go, "You're good. You're safe. You're loved." Oh. I just right. Wow. That's what we need. Oh my and, word, dude. And I say it to Leela so much. I that need the that. last time I said, Gary, you're good, you're safe, you're loved. And oh. I mean that. Oh, Dead man. serious. And I say to Leela so much, one time I said it, she goes, you say that all the time. Stop saying that. And I was like, oh. I fucking love it. So I love it. I want you to be embarrassed that I love yeah. you so much that I look at the report card yeah. and go, straight A's. Yeah. Straight A's. Fucking yeah. A. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. It reminds me of that moment in... Good remember the original <laughs> Parenthood with Steve Martin, mm -hmm. the film, when his son is at the top of a clock tower gunning down strangers mm -hmm. with a rifle, and he says, that's my son, he's such a great shot. I don't remember that. <laughs> Isn't that extraordinary? He's such a great shot. <laughs> <It's so funny>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that in a different universe where I got to that idea first, and I'm not sure I would, oh, would I be pleased with that one? That is so... Well, that's God putting the the pictures on the fridge. Yeah. Right? Let's, we don't have to unpack all that. Back right, right, I understand right. Yeah. that's... It's, unconditional love's a real tricky one. Yeah. Here's a bit I'm working on. I go, I think God loves you just the way you are, and God loves me just the way I am. Isn't that annoying? <laughs> totally. Doesn't that suck? Totally. Of course, because you worked really hard yeah. to get this love, and it was going to come no matter what you did. Yeah. That's I say it was so much more exciting when I thought God was like the Jason Bourne guys in the room with all the computers going like, he masturbated again? <laughs> deploy, deploy. <laughs> that was such a rush to win over the angry dad God. Yeah. And penance and, yeah. and be sweet and... Help yeah. people just so yeah. I can get back on his good side. I was like, but that's a that's a toxic. That's my that's my oldest brother's biggest complaint about my dad is that my dad was so impressed with everything we did. He said it didn't give him a realistic view of how the world was going to interpret me. Yeah. And and I think now you're miss you're misreading mm. it. The the world was going to be that way. It was he was telling you that there was somebody who was always going to see you. Yeah in the best light that's and, what we're going for yeah by the way i pick leela up you're gonna say i pick leela up from preschool oh. it's like fucking shawshank oh yeah. kids are screaming yeah. the kids on <laughs> wet why is this kid wet he's head to toe soaked that's so funny you know the, the kid cutting an apple with a knife like what is this how old is she now four she's gonna be five in, a, in like wow. 11 days so my thing is she's getting the full buffet I know some of these kids. They're wild. Yeah. In your book, you use duds. I love calling some of the kids duds. Of course, they're not duds. I'm just joking. But it's no, like no, 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 no. Some of no, these no, kids are, no. are wild. As a kid, I was very critical of the kids of of my age. It, it, it was just so <laughs> cruel in my head, though. But, but it's in my act. When I go, say, I'm out here judging. I judge yeah. my daughter's friends. I'm out here judging. Yeah. Nobody gets a pass. Yeah. It's just a reflexive thing. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you get to the part where I went to Hebrew school for the first time? No, I'm a, I'm an okay. anti-Semite, so I skipped anything. Oh no, like I get that, that. but but uh, <laughs> I did the same thing the first time I read a prayer for Owen Meany. Anything to do with Christianity, I was like, that's not for me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm kidding. You but are I remember the king being of yes, overwhelmed 
by the prayer for Owen Meany Christianity because I was like, wow, there is so much more. I knew, I knew Catholic and I knew Protestant, yeah. and there was there were different sects oh, no. of Protestantism within that. And then when I got to college, I realized there were like ninety different Southern yeah. Baptists, yeah. and and we're so like uh, distilleries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whiskey. Yeah. We're a mash whiskey. Wow. They're a southern mash yeah. whiskey. Like what? Yeah. yeah. And and so my mother drives me to my first day of Hebrew school. And the thing about Hebrew school is that it comes right after regular school. So these kids who have been cooped up all day get a brief recess between regular school and Hebrew school. And so they're outside of the synagogue and they're running around and they're behaving like kids do during recess and that they're screaming and laughing and, and jumping and running. And I'm a little bit overwhelmed because I'm like, I don't know any of these kids and they're all having fun and they seem to know each other. And my mother looks at them and obviously doesn't remember ever having been in recess as a kid because she was about 50 at the time. And she said, and I'll never forget this as long as I lived. I knew as a, I don't know how often this happened to you growing up. But you knew, you knew, That's oh, a keeper. I'll never forget this. Yeah. And I didn't know why, but I knew this is something she looked at all the little Jewish kids and they were eight or nine and she said and and with disdain in her voice I didn't have the word disdain but I knew that she was revolted by these people and she said look at the Jews they're wild oh my god you've taken my breath away many times during this chat and it's, it's never I didn't know the word self-hating Jew I didn't, yeah. but I, I was like, oh, she's put off by just the, wow. And also she was telling me, you're not to behave like that. Yeah. You will be, wow. Yeah. That was ugly. That's rough, man. Yeah. I always, yeah. <laughs> a lot, of, that brought up a lot. <laughs> but that exact same thing was happening in the various versions of that within every religion yeah 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 Yeah. no it's true the you're not going to be like that was such a huge energy for me in fact i've said this before my jewish friends tended to be a lot more um not always i'm just talking about my jewish friends growing up were closer with their their buddy parents Oh, interesting. And I've told this story before, but I was at a dinner, me, my brother. No, I found that too. And the and the Jewish parents, other than my own parents, were pretty close with their kids' friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There was a, just a different style. Yeah. And this kid put his dad in a headlock, lovingly, jokingly. Oh, okay. They were playing. Yeah. And gave him a noogie. The dad's dying laughing. It's just like a silly, oh, funny moment. And my brother and I both remember that my dad just looked at us like, he gave us like, don't. Don't you dare. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't you dare face. That's amazing. And now, I've tried to do this as a bit. I, I haven't tried it yet. My father would say, or, I'd never allow it. Yeah. Yeah. And my compassion is, I'm like, they grew up in a time. Totally, yeah. They had to be No, tough. I get it. But they couldn't. They couldn't full disclosure, I do a joke about this different time. So full disclosure. But I always ask when people say about, because my father was from that different time. He was a World War II vet and greatest generation. But he never said anything sexist, racist, homophobic, or 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 um, denigrating any any culture. And so I always say this. A different time. This was before the famous schism between right and wrong when they split over creative differences. Um, Abraham Lincoln. Your father was older than Abraham Lincoln wow. because he saw through that that 
nonsense. Yeah. It's just a different a different time. It, yeah. it doesn't... During each of these different times, there were groups of people, millions of them, doing the opposite thing. The thing that could have gotten them killed, hiding Jews during the Holocaust, mm. helping black people escape the southern slave owners. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure there were witches being burned at the stake and there was a, a counter-protest to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there probably uh, were people hiding Yeah, with, with witches, pails yeah. of water. Not witches, put women them. accused of witches. <laughs> yeah. Hiding those hiding those sorcerers <laughs> I, i'm very progressive but i do think they were yeah, the witches. warlocks yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah you're john proctor's <laughs> don't get me started on salem oh. salem town which is now danvers that's a fun one interesting you gotta that's a gullman you gotta have that nothing of historical import happened in salem it all right. happened in danvers yeah all of it and what is now peabody is it now Peter? Yeah, oh, John and now Pro- Peabody. Yeah, John Proctor, the the male. This was Chris Fleming did this great joke that I forget who told. I think it was Josh Gondelman. So Chris Fleming says that he and Josh Gondelman, you know Josh, uh-huh. right? He and Josh Gondelman moved out of Boston, and he said, and people say, well, why did you guys leave Boston so quickly? And he said, uh, do you remember how during the the witch hysteria there were, for some reason men accused of witchcraft <laughs> chris fleming says this that's what he said yeah. and that's why we left boston so wow. quickly oh <laughs> giles Corey. Basically. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and and john proctor who is who is uh buried in a an extension of the route 128 area is, is? john proctor's grave oh, and so you can you can like walk to the bonds and noble and just walk by his his grave and, and he was uh, accused of being away yeah oh wow. yeah yeah well it was anybody that made a contract with the devil or had more than two cats i heard no <laughs> or it was a landowning woman you know basically right. a yeah, single yeah, yeah. landowning oh woman. yeah yeah, was, yeah yeah it's all it was the same stuff yeah anyway let's end on a lighter note okay it could be in the book. It doesn't have to be. Uh, can you tell me a time in your life, you've had to answer this a couple times, that you laughed really, 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 really hard, maybe to the point of tears, maybe you're falling over, maybe somebody farted, maybe somebody fell, uh, maybe you're in church or a uh, temple or something where you're not supposed to laugh. Uh, anything come to mind? Oh, my gosh. I had this friend named Billy Mamian. Mamian? Yeah, he's now known as Will Marmion, but back then he was Billy Mamian, or as my mother still calls him, Billy Mamia. <laughs> I don't know if no New England parents could ever get their kids' friends' names right, but they would just whatever was closest to a name they grew up with that became the name of the of the of the kid. And this is off the dome. Don't think I prepared this this bit, but it sounds like a bit, right? Sounds like a bit. Yeah. Anyhow, Billy. Mamian was the funniest kid I knew, and I knew I knew Gary Goldman, and and I was very close with Gary yeah 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 I was I was Gary Goldman at the time, and and Billy Mamian and I were sitting outside the Warren Five Cent Savings Bank, and I, I put this story in the in the book. This is a little tease, I guess. And he said, my mother was in the Warren Five Cents uh, Savings Bank for so long. And one thing he said that I thought was just really smart, but also funny. He said, 
they only allow you to deposit five cents in there and somebody in there must have a quarter and so that's what's taking so long because they have to make change for the quarter because you're only allowed to bring in five cents to this bank and then okay so then so that's a brilliant joke then a woman walks by and i just want to this is the the beauty of the child mind right that it goes from high status to low status and everything in between in terms of comedy so there's shit jokes there's fart jokes and then there's something as sharp as the five cent thing and he also said that the name of the bank owner was it was the warren five cents bank he said the the bank owner was called warren that warren they had to call warren to see if it was okay i mean this is just a, a a genius comedic mind he's a lawyer now which makes sense because he's really sharp right so anyhow he uh then pivots to this a woman walks by with just a run-of-the-mill mangy looking uh ski hat because it was really cold out and he uh rolled down the window and he said nice hat lady did your dog make it And I, I immediately pictured a dog knitting with, yes. with glasses and also a knit cap on the dog because they had knit that before and they're yes. knitting with glasses and it was a dog. And and as much as I love the five cents because I love a good sharply worded yes. joke, yes. that dog image, then I was crying yes. did your dog make it he was like he w- he went from from Stephen Wright to insult comic like <laughs> like that and it made to this day I, I mean oh my oh, word did your dog make it did your dog make it <laughs> it was it was also a little bit of a far side right a Gary Larson type yeah, thing where yeah. where dogs knit it, yeah. it just it had everything it had everything a dog a dog being crafty ship it arts and crafts <laughs> <laughs> ship it which we called going back to your point farts and craps because <laughs> wow no yeah. no respect for the arts oh that drove me nuts that they thought they were so smart by calling the arts and crafts at camp farts and craps <laughs> you're also the only person i've been obsessed with uh thank you for coming to our ool notice oh. there's no p in it because that was like oh a joke yes you know what i mean a really strong what joke about this one i had a i had a bit about this it is a strong joke I ever see this one I don't swim in your toilet, so please don't pee in my pool. You ever see that one? Oh, I love I had a, that one. In my open mic days, I go, I love that one. You want to swim in my toilet? <laughs> you here's the here's the uh, under the 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 unsaid idea that makes the deconstruction of that so good, which is that it's only my decency, ethics, and integrity that keeps me from <laughs> yes, swimming in yes, your toilet. I want I, to. A lot of people. I swimming in your toilet. Whether you know it or not, there's a lot of people swimming in your toilet. But I got the, I was raised right. I'm not sleeping in your toilet. So return the favor. Yeah, return the favor by not peeing in my pool. I'm not here. They, they are equivalents. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh man, that's so good. All right, buddy. The book is called Misfit. It's a Misfit colon growing up awkward in the '80s, and it's an oral history of the misfits. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you, Gary, your third effortless return episode, would you say keep it crispy, kid? And thank you. Oh, my... 
What a joy! I've been looking forward to this for, for since we put it on the we put it in. The I texted calendar. you last night because I yeah. was like, "What if he put doesn't want to do it?" Are you fucking kidding I me? I thought maybe you were like this lukewarm is, on it. Th- no, this is espresso. Ah, this is re-energizing. Yeah, keep it crispy, y'all. <laughs>